Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. Today we have a special guest with us. We have Dr. Deidre Morrison-Wells. She was born in Texas. She's lived all over. She has a special affinity for Atlanta, but she's now currently residing in South Carolina. Currently, she is a technical research and development consultant, but she's had a ton of positions everywhere from being an assistant professor at Claflin, postdoc and research professor at Clemson to assistant professor at Morris College. She's been all over. Um, in terms of her education, she received her Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from Spelman College, her Master's and PhD in Computer Science as well from Northwestern University. The research areas that she's focused on in the past 12 years are human-centered computing, social computing, public health, software development, user design, and cybersecurity. She specifically focuses on social computing to include examinations of relationship maintenance strategies through digital technologies and abnormal behavior detection in digital spaces. That's a lot of words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the past, she has interned at IBM Almaden Research Lab, and she's also a Lego maniac. And I've seen these Legos. It yes. is the truth. So welcome, <laughs> Dr. Deidre. Thank so you. So good to have you. I'm glad to be here. Now y'all oh, know. Also, awesome. I'm going to be talking. So y'all go ahead and get it out the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. So th I mean, this is this is the podcast to do the talking. So yes, we are happy that you are here. So. so one thing that we generally try to start with is just, you know, what influenced you to go into this area? Like when you were young, did you see yourself being a computer scientist or being in this position? Mm. So um, I have had a very non-traditional path to computing. And initially, as a child, I'm a creative. It's a thing that I kind of, I like the term creative. I'm glad that someone figured it out because I feel like it very accurately describes kind of my raison d'etre or whatever. Um, and so as a child, I really actually wanted to be an artist, right? I wanted to, you know, draw. I drew a lot. I, you know, painted, that kind of stuff. I was okay. Um, and then I kind of <laughs> came to the realization that artists starve, Right. So I had a conversation with mom and it's like, well, no, I like, you know, I like things. So um, art became something that was more of a hobby and less of kind of an actual job option. And so 
I was always a kind of smart kid. And so I thought, yeah, you know, I could probably be a doctor, right? So um, my mom actually had a couple of medical issues as when I was younger that kind of motivated me to be like, you know, I want to be a doctor. I wanted to be an OB as a matter of fact, right? I wanted to go in to uh, be an OBGYN. And then I realized I was like, you know what? It's a lot of school. And <laughs> I'm not crazy about what. <laughs> but I figured, you know what? <laughs> I can probably figure it out, right? So most of my childhood, that was what I wanted to do, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a physician. And I remember being like, I think maybe like 12. I was like 12 years old. And that was a long time ago for those of y'all that um are listening to this. That was a little <laughs> while ago. I was 12 and my mom got her our first computer. So... It was one of those like MS mm-hmm. DOS things, like somebody from her job. My mother was in the Air Force, and so she was an active duty military member. And um, she got this old computer. Um, she mostly got it so she could do word processing because she was in administrative um, capacity and in the military. And so she got this computer, but somebody thought, oh, well, you got kids. And they gave her the big floppy disk. I don't know how many of y'all remember the big five-inch floppy disk. <laughs> and it had Wheel of Fortune on it. Oh my God. And so we got this computer and it had, we had one floppy disk and she was like, here's this game. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. Like what the heck? Right. I'm like, this is Wheel of Fortune and it's on the computer. And my mom had to like literally keep me from being on the computer all day playing Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> a bit Wheel of Fortune on this little like, like old school computer. Right. And so my brother had like consoles and stuff. Right. He had all the little gaming consoles and stuff. So I wasn't unfamiliar but I guess the difference in the modality to me was fascinating, right? And so I was just kind of like, I became obsessed with just kind of computers in general, like, and not necessarily like wanting to build computers or wanted to do programming, but just more so using computers, right? And so, you know, we transitioned and at that point we lived in Japan, actually. So we were actually in Okinawa in Japan. And so... um you know, we were a little late to everything. So um, fun fact, when you live overseas, you don't always get... Now it's probably different, right? But back then, this was in like, what, the early... like No, this was like the early 90s, right? So you you were late on everything. And so we get mm-hmm. back to the States, and I'm in high school at this point, and we get a, a newer computer, right? So we get a newer computer, and the internet is now a thing, right? So Al Gore has given the United States the internet, <laughs> right? And so... <laughs> So we get dial up, right? Again, I don't want to lose y'all, y'all youngins, but we get dial up. So we get AOL online. And so now we got a newer computer and now we got dial up, right? And so as my interest in computers, computers and using computers continue to evolve, I was, um, and I remember this, I'll never forget it. I was watching Good Morning America or something, right? And they were talking about careers. And they were like the top career that year was uh, the top paying career that year was um, garbage man, followed by computer programmer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was after all those strikes and stuff. I mean, garbage collection. Listen, garbage listen. collection. But don't right. Look, <laughs> listen. It's good Nerves. if you can do it. I can't. But <laughs> but yeah. So computer programmer was like the second highest. Uh, paid job and I was like wait a computer programmer and it, it I guess that was when it clicked for me I was like oh this is an actual this is an actual profession right people that actually write the software 
that I use all the time, right? And I'm obsessed with. And so right. that was when I made the decision. I was like, no, I think I'm, I want to do this, right? I'm like, I love computers. I need to learn how to use computers. I need to learn how to develop things and, you know, be able to program or whatever it was. And I didn't know what it was. I really didn't. I didn't, right? Um, but <laughs> I knew that I wanted to be a part of whatever it was going to be, right? Or whatever it was. And so... I made the decision. I was just like, well, forget, you know, forget med school and all that stuff. I'm going to be a computer program. <laughs> and so um, I love it. Right. And so I started to kind of try and figure out, OK, how do you get a path to, to being a computer programmer? And we happened to have some friends also that lived in our neighborhood when we were in high school and their grandfather, because we were in California at this point. So we went from Japan to California and um, their grandfather worked for Hewlett Packard. And so he would bring them computers and they were kind of self-taught. And so one Mm. of the siblings of these two brothers was always getting in trouble because he was hacking into the actual networks on the base. (laughs) I hope nobody, I'm Uh not going to say no names and it's a good thing I don't remember because, you know, hopefully those dudes are living productive lives, right? (laughs) But yeah, no, that kid was... Oh my goodness. He was always getting in trouble because I was just like, he was, you know, he was, he had learned how to start hacking or whatever. He was too smart. He was too Mm -hmm. smart. Too smart. And so Mm -hmm. I would, I remember starting to bug them like, okay, how do you do this? How do you get into this? And da, 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 da. And so um, they were like, well, I mean, we just kind of figure stuff out and, you know, our grandfather helps us with stuff and we just, you know, we, you know, we take the books that he gives us and da, 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 da. And it still felt there was still this wall, right? There was still kind of this place where it was like they mm-hmm. had some information, but they didn't really know, right? But I was still determined. I was like, I'm gonna go right. and I'm gonna do this. It doesn't matter. Um, I had already had my heart set on Spelman College, so shout out to Spelman. Um, and I knew that. <laughs> did you, they how did had you know about Spelman? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness! So I just recently <laughs> told this story. So. Um, because I got interviewed for somebody that was doing an article on HBCUs, right? And so they were like, you know, did you think oh. Hillman was a real school? Of course I thought Hillman was a real school. I mean, everybody <laughs> that watched Different Royal when they were a little kid. My thought, mom still does. Thought Hillman was a real school, right? <laughs> and she I told was, me our neighbor was going to Hillman. I was like, mom, that's not a school. <laughs> she meant Spelman, but... Right, know, right, continue. exactly, right. And so um, I had to do a paper on a college in middle school. And so I came home all excited and I told my mom, I'm going to do a paper on him. And my mom was like, that's not a real school, honey. It's not a real school. (laughs) And she was like, it's based on real schools, right? So there's a guy, there's a school that's got guys and there's a school that's got girls. And so I was like, well, okay, well, let me go and find out what's going on. And so I found out about Spelman. And so I fell in love with the whole idea, right? I was um, being a military Mm. kid. We didn't live a lot of places where people look like us, right? Um, we didn't live yeah. and we didn't go to school. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people that I know that are black have had a black educational experience where they were surrounded by other black people. Right. That's mostly how, you know, most of the folks in our community have lived their lives. And so that was just we were we were different. Right. And so I I just craved it. Right. I needed a place where I felt comfortable being black. Right. And so um I was like, oh, I can be black. I I can be surrounded by other women. I can, you know, be somewhere where I can be comfortable and and really just, you know, enjoy like the black college experience. And so I was just kind of dead set on it. So, yeah, like that was how it started. And I was just like, I knew I wanted to go to Spelman. And then once I decided I wanted to do computer science, I was like, oh, God, I hope they have a computer science program. Right. Because I was already set on Spelman (laughs) before I was set on computer science. So they did. 
thank God they did. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I basically had decided I'm going to go to college and I'll find out what computer science is when I get there. (laughs) And that's what I did. (laughs) I got there. Um, I did literally like, you know, and it was, it was funny because, you know, I know some people probably have had this experience and I know I've talked to some of the students that I've taught, you know, since, you know, being a professor that they didn't know anything about computer science and they come into the programs and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. And, you know, I remember meeting girls when I took my program in one class and some of them were like, oh, yeah, no, I programmed before. And, you know, they asked and, you know, they're asking like, oh, how many people have programmed before? And it's like, I'm looking around like, you mean how many people have programmed before? I thought everybody was new, right? Right. Like, I'm here to learn it. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is 101. <laughs> this is 101, right? And so, um, so even then, right? So this was what, 94? Crap, 90? Jeez. No, 98. I'm sorry. I'm making myself older. This is mm-hmm. 1998, right? So I graduated <laughs> from high school in 98, went straight to college. The and year so, of our Lord, 1998. The, the year of our Lord, 1998. <laughs> um, so yeah, right. I, I show up to Spelman and I'm like, okay, y'all teach me what it means to be a computer scientist, right? I'm here. Let's go. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, oh, I did my first program and I was, I was done. I was in love. I was like, this is just everything. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like I'm making computers do things. It was just, it was mind blowing for me. Right. Like I didn't look back. Like I was just like, it's not easy. Right. You know, it wasn't like, I wasn't some kind of wonderkind or whatever. Right. But it was just like, this is what it means. Right. It was just this really interesting way to create in a way that I didn't realize was going to be possible. Right. And so I was able to bring a lot of the creativity that I enjoy for being art, being an artist, right. And doing art into computer science. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was one of those things where it's like, I didn't know what it was and I didn't know it was meant for me, but apparently it was. And I've been on since then. Like I'm going to be on this train. I'm on, I was like, I'm on this train. I was like, I, I wanted to know everything about everything that computer science had to offer, like every single thing. Um, and so I, you know, I took classes, whatever classes we had, I took, um, if we had opportunity to take as the Atlanta has that kind of consortium, I don't know if they still have it, but they have a relationship mm-hmm. with all the universities in the in the city. And so, you know, I could take classes at Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, right? And so we didn't have compilers when I was at, you know, Spelman. So I was like, I'm gonna take compilers at Georgia Tech or whatever, right? And so it was just, I was just like, there's so much to know. And I was like, I'm not gonna know everything by the time I'm done. <laughs> I just, I was like, I'm not going to know anything by the time I'm done, but I'm like, hopefully I'll know enough so I can get a job, right? Because um, that was the goal. So right. even- I have a question. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so you, you're talking about like your whole experience and you're at like an HBCU, right? So my question is, were you even like in classes with like all black women? Were you taught by all black women? Like, what was that? Like. Oh my God. Yes, Lord. Let me tell you something. Like <laughs> I I and and it was it was crazy, right? Like um I didn't expect that, right? I didn't expect to go in so many of the professors to actually be black and be black women, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that was something that was so significant to me. And it was a thing that I needed in my life that I didn't realize I needed in my life, right? Um, not that the whole department was black, but 
most of the professors yeah. were black. Most of the professors, even in the sciences. And I mean, you know, having the experience of being at an HBCU as a faculty member, that's still not the case that, especially in the sciences. I know. That yeah. most of the faculty yeah. are going to be black. And so I realize now that I have, you know, been in both positions, how much of a of a privilege and a pleasure it was. Mm. You know, I had the I had the pleasure of having the Jamika Burge be a professor at at Spelman when I was there. Yeah. So Jamika was a professor at Spelman. That's awesome. When I was there, so that's where I met her. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. That's my buddy. Shout oh, out to Jamika. Hey, awesome. girl. Um, I love hey, her. Jamaica, girl. We love her. I love her so much. She's but our only two-time guest. She, I mean, and <laughs> and I told her, I told her this when I saw her um a while back at a conference. I was like, you don't understand what you did for some of us that were there when you were there because she was young mm. and she was vibrant and she was so smart and she was yep. just like, I was just like, I want to be. This is who I want to be. Like, this is the computer science I want to be, like, right? And so... Um, yeah. I still so want to be her, and I'm not listen. a computer scientist. <laughs> I know, right? I'm always we'll have listen. to clip it for it. Oh, my God. Like, she used to come... I'm going to tell you, I know she's going to be embarrassed. She used to come, and she used to wear these scarves. I don't know if she's still... Wearing, how hard her scarf game is. She used to come in, and she used to have these different scarves. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, is like, everything. She's just everything. Like, Aww. she was such a good professor, and, you know, and it wasn't because it was like, you know, she was just so extra knowledgeable, but it was like she was trying to really get us excited about what we were learning. Right. She really cared about what it was that we were doing. You know, um, she cared about our lives. Right. And so I, I always endeavored mm-hmm. to try and be that kind of professor, even when I got to Claflin and when I got to Morris. Right. Because. Excuse me, because it was so impactful for me. Right. And, you know, like I remember we were in software engineering, we were taking a test and um, there was a sister that had she had a baby uh, maybe about five months or whatever um, previous. And so she had to bring the baby to class. Right. And, you know, some people, they would have an issue with that. Right. So she had to bring the baby to class and the baby started fussing. And Jamika took the baby and was like, you know, y'all go ahead and finish y'all tests or whatever, right? Now, you know, it got a little wild Aww. in there when she left the room. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's that kind of, they were still, we was all still college students. I was just like, I'm a lead, I'm, I'm putting my eyes on my test and I'm going by my business while y'all trading answers or whatever y'all right. do. Um, but yeah, right. Before you know, professor though, to take your baby while you're taking the test. Exactly. Right. I mean, have to. yeah. And so it was like. And to your and that that I think those kinds of experiences were the kinds of things that I feel like were made the environment more enriching, right? So not just to be surrounded by and I mean almost every class I took, most of the students at Spelman when I was there were were black women, right? Um we had a few people from other places, but most of the people there were black women. Um even we had some Morehouse guys come and visit us um in some of the classes at some point because, you know, They've been up and down as well. So shout out to Morehouse, though. I love y'all. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was great. I loved it. It was it was a unique environment, and it was not just about being able to learn, right? Being able to learn into in a space where you don't have to worry about that imposter syndrome and some of that, like you know, self doubt, which is another thing I was looking for, right? You know, I had always been considered smart, right? Um, I always did well in school, but the pushback, right? The pushback from 
administrators and then from, you know, some faculty, some teachers, you know, in, in high school or whatever about, you know, well, maybe you should do this instead of this because, you know, this is typically yeah, what not they what... think you're capable of. Right. Yeah. I, my, uh, oh man, it was almost, um, it was almost an issue. Cause you know, like I said, I always wanted to go to Spelman and the guidance counselor thought that was a bad idea. So the guidance counselor did not submit my early, my early admissions paperwork to Spelman because she thought I was better than Spelman at my high school. Oh yes, ma'am. Wow. So that was a very, very, um, um, tense conversation once that came out. <laughs> um, like you wow. get to decide. You like, right. I, just, I don't do. understand. Yeah, it, it like, was. They have way too much power. It was, and that was, it was that was to me was one of those um, moments, right, where I was just like, this to me has just made me want to double down and have an experience. Exactly. I'm about to show you yeah, how much Spelman is right? for me. Because, <laughs> you know, she was like, oh my God, you're so smart and, you know, you can go anywhere and, you know, this was, we were in California, right? Most of the smart kids that were at the high school were going, they were going into the Cal system, right? They were going to Berkeley. They were going to Cal Poly. They were going to all these places. I wanted nothing else to do with California. <laughs> I wanted nothing like, else Like, get me do. out of here. Ain't no HBCUs over here right? on the West well, Coast. Yeah, and it get also didn't help here. that I was in the middle. I was up way up in California in, like, cow country. Like, I know a lot of people don't realize California has cow country. But, yeah, it was it was like we were out in the middle of nowhere in California, um, oh, way geez. up in Northern California. Like, we had a rodeo team. And we, our future farmers of America kids had like animals. We had animals at high school. Like when I tell you, we lived oh, way Lord. up wow. in the middle of nowhere in California. That is yes. yeah. a rodeo I've club. never heard that. Our rodeo, our rodeo guys, experience. our rodeo team, they wore their buckles to prom. <laughs> Honey, listen, it was, it was like that. So wow. You can imagine. Wait. I was like, I have to escape. I this was the end of my educational experience in K through twelve, and I was like, I want all the blackness. I want all the black people. <laughs> I want all the black things. I want all the black experiences. I, feel you. I, want, <laughs> I wanted it all, right? No, I see why yeah. you were. Yes, why, I see why you were dead set on Spellman. Yes. So, okay, so you had this fortifying experience at Spelman, and somehow Northwestern got on your radar. You say, I'm going to go to a PWI. Wait, wait, so wait, how, wait, 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 wait. Even before we, we not, get there, she mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to go to more school. Oh, that's yes. right. You were like, so I, I got to tell that story, right? get a job. I got to tell that story, yes. right? <laughs> look, look, Jeremy, she on it. So, again, I had, I had no plans for grad school. I had no plans for grad school, right? Grad school wasn't on my radar, um, you know, that wasn't a thing that I was just like, I'm just trying to get through undergrad and be a computer boss and go get me a job, probably consulting or somewhere. Accenture was always mm-hmm. on campus, right? I wanted to go and, mm-hmm. and travel the world, right? And be on a plane and, you know, live my life, right? I was just like, I was like team like Jet and said. And flew it out. Let, I'm, look, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to flew myself out, honey. Look, I was, <laughs> I was all about it, right? So that was the plan. That was the plan. I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my skills set up and I'm going to give me a job. And my junior year, I was like, I need to do something. Right. And so I waited a lot because I was working. I worked actually full time jobs while I was also in school. Um, And so I I literally usually had like two to three jobs. So I had a job, I think the summer before that in the mall. And I also had a job at Starbucks. So um 
I ain't gonna get start Starbucks no uh, pub because they don't need it. But <laughs> I loved it though. It was a fun job. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I needed. I was like, I need a discipline specific opportunity. And so at the time, the chair of the department was Dr. Andre Lawrence. Shout out to Dr. Lawrence. Um, and she was like, you should go and do a research internship. And I was like, I don't want to do that, Dr. Lawrence. Why? I don't want to do that. She was like, I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> she was just, because she used to always be like, you know, you're not thinking about grad school. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to grad school. I don't want to go to more school. Um, <laughs> so she was like, well, go, she was like, go do this internship. She's like, go do this internship or whatever. And then come back and tell me. And so when I tell you, this was literally the summer after my junior year, y'all. This is the summer after my junior, after my junior year finished. So I end up getting this internship. I get an RU um, at Boston University. And so I go and hang out with those lovely folks at Boston University, um, Raquel and Roscoe and all of them. Shout out oh, to them folks over in Supercomputing. Yeah, those are my people OGs. too. OGs. Yes. Yeah. OGs, y'all. That's how old I am. Yeah. OGs. And so I actually work with Raquel for my RU, right? And so, you know, she's biology and she was just, you know, bioinformatics was like a new thing. And so she was just like, you know, well here's this project or whatever, like, and I want you to do this thing. It was something that had to do with um, learning how to XML, right? Because, you know, everybody was using XML to kind of um, oh, populate yeah. these um, bioinformatics. There was like, a second that XML was yeah, hot. Yeah, it was hot. That was the hotness, right? And so it was like, you know, kind of databases. Can we convert these databases or whatever to XML? And and she was just like, you know, give me your perspective on on ways that we can maybe integrate these tools and stuff. And that was my first time doing, like, a real research project, right? A computer science-based research project. And I had another one of those moments and I fell in love and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> so people like actually get paid. <laughs> yeah, like, because, you know, my my concept of what research was, was I think more like bench science, right? Where it's like, you know, you got to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, mixing some stuff or you got to be doing a bunch of math that I didn't like. <laughs> um <laughs> Shaking up and titrating. Yeah, and shaking all up and titrating and watching machines and all that kind of stuff, right? So in my head, that was research, right? And so I Jeremy had no... is shaking her head for those. I know, who I know. Listen, I'm an experimentalist, okay? Jeremy was pounding rocks for her dissertation. Y'all get all the respect so because you know, shout out to all my Northwestern well. peoples or whatever that was out there in the in the engineering uh department because I was like, I couldn't be y'all. They was like, we couldn't be you. I was like, look, we just going to stay on our side, yes. look, and respect right. each other mutually. But yeah, no, so yep. that's what I thought research was, right? And so I get to this RU and I was like, so basically you just get to investigate problems and read stuff? I was like, I love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nosy. I'm curious. I like to problem solve. And she then I get to I'm read nosy. stuff. I'm I get to learn you, if you nosy, research is for you. <laughs> if you nosy, listen, that- if you nosy, research is for you. Um, so yeah, I had another mm-hmm. one of those epiphanies literally at the the very last second of my life <laughs> in uh ac- wow. in my academic <laughs> experience, and I was just like, "What?" I was like, "I want to do this now." <laughs> and so, senior year, I am now trying to make myself a viable candidate for a graduate program. <laughs> So wow. that meant shout know, out to Dr. Lawrence for just to telling Lawrence. you to hey go do this. She and did setting you on that trajectory. I would not be Dr. Deidre Morrison Wells if it was not for Dr. Lawrence. So shout out to Dr. Lawrence. Um, but yeah, you think so, she'll come on the podcast? We I like mean, her. 
<laughs> she, you about to say she won't come on. I mean, come on, Doctor Lawrence, come on. Putting a good word for us. Look, I was about to say, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've, I've lost touch with so many people. It's been, it's wild. But yeah, nah. If I see him, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Come on, Doctor Lawrence, come on. You absolute modern figure. But yeah, so we might um, have to go to her. You might. <laughs> you just might. But yeah, so that was how I ended up deciding that I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. And so then it was kind of like, well, do I need to get a PhD? Do I need to get a master's degree? Um, What do I do? Right. And so um, another person that was really influential while I was at Spelman was uh, Dr. Charles Hardnett. Um, And so uh, Dr. Hardnett is um, he was at Georgia Tech, I think, Um that's where he did his PhD work at. And so, um, you know, he was really helpful in really kind of helping me to figure out, well, what kind of program should I apply to? Um, what am I trying to do? Right. Um, where do I see actually mm-hmm. using my PhD? Cause again, I was more so like, I want to do research. I didn't, I wasn't like, I want to be a professor. <laughs> and so, so you see, there's going to be yeah. another story there. Right. right. Um, cause I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be, I wasn't planning on being several other stories. <laughs> So get like there I said, non traditional path, you right? You got a whole postdoc too. Yeah, yeah, non traditional path, right? Um, and so, you know, he was like, "Well, look, you know, if you want to do, if you don't know if you want to do a PhD, but you may want to do a PhD," he was like, "Just apply for PhD programs." And he was like, "If it's not for you, then get your masters and get out of there," <laughs> right? And so I was <laughs> like, "Okay, okay, good advice, right? Good advice." So, um. I, um, so that, that was kind of the plan, right? I also had made my life more complicated because at the time um, I was dating my now husband long distance. So um, my husband was a prof- my husband was a, a student at uh, Morehouse. We're such a stereotype. Um, he was a student at Morehouse, Y'all and that's are. where we met. The whole spellhouse. Yes, um, that's where we met. And Y'all um, so cute. Um, and then he ended up having to transfer to another uh, university. So he ended up leaving. So we did, we were in a long distance relationship, but we were trying to come back together. Right. And so I was trying to figure out, well, where can I go to college? Where can I go and apply for PhD programs? And where can we both be in the same place? Because he was doing the same thing. Right. So he was applying for um, PhD programs as well. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, Northwestern became an option more so, well, partly because, it was also co-located with one of his choices. <laughs> and and another reason mm-hmm. was someone that was a PhD student at Northwestern came and did the grad school fair, right? Um, and it's funny, okay. right? And so I'll tell you what's funny about that. So um, she came, she was by herself. She wasn't with anybody else. And so she was like, well, I'm a current grad student. And I thought, that, I didn't know that that was unique, right? Um, as I got to Northwestern mm-hmm. and we started having conversations with administrations, I realized how very unique that was because Northwestern is like, we don't need to recruit for anything. Um, you know what Northwestern is mm-hmm. or you don't and you come or you don't. Um, <laughs> and that was, I don't know if that attitude has changed, but that was the attitude for sure back then. They were like, we are Northwestern, so we don't mm-hmm. need to go send nobody nowhere. But I met this woman. I met this well, sister over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't got to that part of the story yet. I ain't got to the part. Just wait. Just wait for that part. Um, so, um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, and she, you know, she really, 
she gave I, I had no idea what no who no person was i had no idea um and you know she gave me a lot of really good information she talked to me about the experience of being a black student there and um you know some of the challenges she gave me a lot of real talk right she gave me real spit as uh, my husband was yeah, saying it wasn't the rodeo, but it oh, was a different kind of arena. <laughs> oh, no. It was not. It was not, not the rodeo, rodeo but you know, kind of arena. It was okay. crew, not the rodeo, but crew, right? Crew and the uh, rugby, not rugby. What's the I other one? What's the other one with the sticks? I can't think of the lacrosse. 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 <laughs> crew mm. lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So yeah. Right. You know. So she. But she was like. You know. I really value my experience. She was like. There's a lot of support there. You know. There's not a lot of us. But she was like. You will find support. She was like. The BGSA is really strong. You know. All this stuff. Right. And so I was like. Okay. Well. You know. Y'all are on my list. Y'all are on my list or whatever. Right. And so. And then I actually had a conversation with Raquel from um, Boston, and she was like. Oh. You know. I know somebody over there. Right. Um. And they can talk to you about the program, somebody that's actually in computer science. And so um, that was how Northwestern ended up on my list. They ended up on my list. Um, I had a couple of other places, but um, I think I only had one. I think I only had one HBCU. Did I have any HBCUs on my list? I don't know if I did because there wasn't a lot of um, computer science PhD programs at that point, right? Because this was, yeah. we're talking about 2002. There weren't a lot of PhD programs. Um, there wasn't even a lot of master's programs. So, you know, I applied to a couple of master's programs. I applied to some PhD programs. I was pretty ambitious, um, I would say, because um, I applied to some serious programs, y'all. I was like... <laughs> I can convince these folks to let like, me I'm gonna in. Learn this computer. Listen, I'm gonna learn this computer, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and, and research this computer, and it's gonna be great. Um, and so, you know, look, I I got turned down by plenty as well. Um, it probably didn't help that I worked the night before I had to take my uh, computer science subject test. So I was literally in Starbucks studying for the test, and um, I fell asleep through most. You of it. You keep plugging Starbucks. Are they paying you? They're not. Me and Starbucks <laughs> we have such a love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Starbucks just got back together. That's another thing. Look, because I wasn't in the ass Starbucks oh for a while. Goodness. Me oh and Starbucks just got back together. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, um, yeah, um, so yeah, no, I, I I didn't do great on my computer science subject test because I fell asleep during most of it, and those people let me sleep. I didn't pay these people a hundred dollars, and they let me sleep during this test because I had been up. And then the test started at like eight a.m. or something like that, and I had been working the night before, so. Um, so yeah, it's hard y'all look. And I hope, I hope anybody that's watching this understands like it's hard, but perfection is not required. Perfection is not required to get here. Right. It's not required to be successful in this space. Um, and don't let perfectionism gatekeep you out of an opportunity that you want. Right. Um, so hopefully that part ends up in so that that's something no, that's that a whole word take away from it yeah because I've, I've learned that over the years and with my experience because I wasn't I was not the top student right I wasn't even the top student at Spelman like I breezed through high school I got to Spelman I was like this is hard like this is not easy <laughs> right um you know like I, I failed a class for the first time I had to and take that's physics. fine right I had to take physics twice oh um, I had to take physics twice, you know, I barely made it through some of these classes. It was, it was rough. Right. And I realized I was like, I'm smart, but being smart is not enough. Right. You got to learn how to learn. And, um, I spent a lot of time yeah. figuring that out. Right. Um, but yeah, so, um, where I go, Jeremy, get me back on track. 
Um, this is this is before you were about to go to Northwestern. So gotcha. you, you they were on your radar. You Raquel told you all the information that you need. Right. To know so yeah. Like, so you know, even though I wasn't the best student, I I reached right. So I was like, I'm gonna apply to places that have the kind of research that I think I want to do, right? So based on the kind of mm-hmm. work that I was interested in and the kind of class material I was interested in, that's how I targeted the places that I wanted to go. Um, and so I ended up, it was between, I, I got I got into Northeastern. I got into Northwestern. Um, I got into Virginia Tech. They was tardy though. <laughs> it was very tardy. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, y'all. I'm already accepted something. Like, y'all tardy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, but it's yeah. the first day of classes, and y'all giving me the acceptance letter. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, uh, probably the right? summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they have like a very late like um, thing. They have a very late yeah, acceptance they do, they period. Do rolling admission stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so uh, it ended up being more so uh, having a conversation with the student that came really kind of swayed me because you know I was I was really waiting I I had my heart set on Northeastern I really did um and um it just didn't end up working out that way and I think that was divine providence right Mm -hmm. so um I'm a firm believer and you end up where you're exactly where you're supposed to be and I needed to be there right so part of what I needed was at Northwestern and so that's how I ended up at Northwestern um and um it was quite the experience (laughs) It was quite the experience, <laughs> indeed. Um, so yeah, um, about to say, do I need to like a culture shock? It wasn't I mean, so you can much give us for the highlights me. of a. It wasn't so much for me because I had had that experience in K through twelve, right? So I was used to not being. Mm-hmm. Um, she was at the, the rodeo majority. school. Yeah, That's I was true. at the rodeo <laughs> school. I was well, just like yes. the, the the hardest <laughs> thing was getting used to the weather. That was the hardest thing. I was not prepared. I was coming from Atlanta. I was going to ask that. Oh, my God. I was coming from Atlanta. And, (laughs) you know, I literally, I had never seen a radiator before. I had never seen a radiator before. And then I was looking for apartments in Evanston, um, which is the main campus for Northwestern. It's right outside, suburb right outside of Chicago proper. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, well, you can get a unit. And I'm like, a unit? What's a unit? And they're like, yeah, for your air conditioning. And I was like, I'm sorry, like a window (laughs) box? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, so I got to go and buy my, my air? Okay. And then I was like, well, what about the heat? Where the heat going to come from? And they were like, oh, it comes from the radiator. I'm like, what's oh a radiator? Um, so, yeah, no, that was wow. that was definitely a culture shock. That was definitely a culture shock. Um, so, needless to say, I moved to the suburbs because I like I needed central heating and air. I needed HVAC. I was like, I can't be responsible for this. Correct. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I am accustomed to a certain standard of living. I am accustomed to listening. Oh, I'm not bougie word. in everything, but I was bougie in that. <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm, that's not going to work. So, yeah, no, I think the biggest transition, that was hard, right? Um, being away, because I also had a very strong um, social support in Atlanta. So, you know, some of my best mm-hmm. friends, my family, my chosen family, um, I met them in Atlanta um, and we are still chosen family and we still live our lives as family. Um, shout out to Tierra and Candice and Ramon. Um, so yeah, that's my peoples. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, our cho- my chosen family was out there. I was used to living a certain way, right? I was used to being immersed in, in the lovely blackness that I enjoy, right? <laughs> and um, um, I think <laughs> in terms of, you know, the, the academic environment, one of the things I think that was the hardest was having to re um, 
acclimate to the actual like, you know, imposter syndrome, right? And so being a grad student and because Northwestern didn't quite have all this stuff together at that point, um, I had to take a couple of classes over. So I had to take a couple of classes that I took in undergrad because their, yeah, their program was not very well uh, constructed at that point. They had had hmm. a number of transitions where um, the school of compute, the computer science department and the learning sciences department had been in transition over a number of years where they were one department and then they split and they were one department and they split and then computer mm. engineering um, and computer science were one department and then they split. So they had had a couple of iterations. And so at the time that I got there, it's a broken home. At the time I got to Northwestern to their computer science program, um, they had been split from learning sciences, but it wasn't a clean split. So there was a lot of things that were still part of the curriculum that were kind of in learning sciences in some other places. And so they were really still kind of trying to get Mm -hmm. um, some of that separation done. Um, So I like I remember being like I was a a first year grad student and I was taking I think I took database again. I took like operating systems again because it was just like um, I needed courses. Right. I needed there wasn't course offerings. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't as many kind of grad level offerings. Yeah. And so um, whenever they're establishing new like curriculum for a department that always happens or it's like, you know, there's a sequence of courses they want you to take. Yep. But if they can't offer those courses, you yeah. can't progress through the program and right. then you kind of just float there. So, yeah. yeah. Cautionary tale. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, taking classes with undergrads and then they questioning me about my credentials. I'm like, Mm-mm. I was like, I'm a grad this student. Not going through. I'm a grad. I'm a grad student, honey. Like, you know. Like being in classes, I mean, there were classes right. at Northwestern where I was literally the only black person in the class. Um, I wasn't yeah. generally, they did a better job with women. There weren't as many, there weren't that many, but they did a little better job with women. But there were whole classes I took. I was the only black person there. Um, and mostly, mostly because there was one other black woman that was in the program. Um, and then uh, she had already kind of gone through. So I think she might have been two years ahead of me, maybe. I think she was maybe about two years ahead of me. And so she was the, she was the only one. She was the only one um, black woman. There was another guy that was a, a a black male that was in the program and that was it. And so um, I ended up. Did uh, you um, mm-hmm. just declare your master's along the way or like. They had an option at Northwestern where you could, you could uh, apply for the PhD program and you could do the master's along the way. So it wasn't required. So you could do the master's um, if you chose. So you could do a master's thesis or you could do, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what you had to do a master's thesis. um, And then uh, they didn't have an actual Mm -hmm. testing requirement. So you just did your master's thesis. And if um, it got approved, then you were good. Um, And so you could decide to do it because I think they kind of had a more traditional, I think of it as a traditional model where it's like, you know, people you jump out, they jump out of the program with the masters. Right. So, you know, students that were just like, I can't take it anymore. Or they're just like, you know, the PhD is not for me. Um, They do a master's thesis and get on up out of there. Um, And so I did do a master's thesis. Consolation prize. Consolation prize. (laughs) Look, I think of it as I'm like, it's all hard one. Cause if you stay long enough to be able to do a master's thesis, um, you done done your job. Going to take your papers. And wave them around like you, you just don't care. A whole lot. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> um, what was your research area? 
So when I initially came point. in, the advisor I had was actually joint appointed um, in computer science and in the journalism school. And so he was doing research on um, like RSS and like all these kind of like um, web-based wow. technologies, right? And so that's kind of how I ended up making okay. that transition, right? Um, and so mm-hmm. the research that I did for my master's was um, mostly based on kind of these tools, like using, because that was like wikis became a new thing, right? So wikis were new, RSS feeds were new. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, this is taking it back. Yeah, RSS <laughs> uses XML and all Right. That. Again, yeah. right. You know, using like, those. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was a point where that was not, where that was not a thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. So being able to kind of, you know, use these uh, databases, like APIs, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so it was more so like looking at, um, being able to integrate these different kinds of things, pulling data to be able to help people to understand or, you know, sense make around certain kinds of things, right? That wasn't the language I was using. But um, yeah, so that was the kind of work that I did. And I ended up doing a, um, once I ended up going for the summer, I went for the first summer to um, IBM in 2004. And so I got an um, IBM internship Um that summer. And so that also heavily influenced a lot of that early work, right? Because it was really looking at, that was when I really started to get into social networking. So I started to get into social networking and um, that kind of stuff. Um, A little bit of natural language processing, but not as much, but mostly the social component. So that's where that I picked up that social component was working with that advisor, um, doing work on, you know, how people were interacting in spaces, you know, being able to kind of, um, cluster language and get you know do sentiment analysis on what people were thinking how do you actually create um integrations between kind of social networking platforms and in other sources of data so as people kind of collaborated around things so that was kind of the early work that i did and um that kind of got cemented i got a chance to see my friend jamika when i went out to ibm so we were actually at ibm that same summer so that was nice i was like so funny i know right um i also met brandy 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 marshall i I, will not oh wow she's not marshall no more is she is she marshall I'm not sure. I think Kill Marshall. I just, everybody has multiple last names. Right. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I can talk. She was also, you, we had her on a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we was we we was out there, out there kicking it up a little bit in California. So, yeah. Um, and so, we I worked in the, um, they had just kind of started this area of um, services research at the IBM Almaden location. And so, that really also got me more interested in kind of social computing and like I was calling it social computing before I guess it was kind of defined because I was like that's what it sounded like to me right <laughs> it's like <Right>. socialization <laughs> communication like you know all of these kind of things and so um that was really where the social component came in I started really looking at that right and so um yeah so once I kind of came back and I did those, some of these internships, right? So as I started doing these internships, that was really how a lot of my interests really started to solidify. And so um, the second internship I did at IBM, I went back in 2005. I looked, I worked with somebody who does um, more like information visualization, sense making, kind of that kind of stuff, decision task support. And so you can see that ended up heavily influencing what I ended up doing for my PhD. So um, I did not stay with my first advisor. I did my master's and um, Mm. we parted ways. 
Um, I ain't gonna get into that drama, but we parted ways. As many of us do. <laughs> yes, we parted ways because uh, yeah, that wasn't gonna work. Um, I hope he's doing well, but uh, um, I will <laughs> look. I'm gonna be a little petty. I will say this. I I left after he left, so he was gone before I was gone. So I'll say that. Oh much. wow! So yeesh. Well, the writing was on the wall. <laughs> Listen, you know after so, he, and, and you know I'm, I was I'm gonna say this much though, right? So what really disappointed me about that scenario was um, he was one of the only black professors in the department, and mm. um, getting the kind of unhelpful feedback from him. Right. Like it it felt like a lot of the internalized kind of prejudice that was 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 around there was being presented to me. And I was very confused because I was kind of like, you know, I was ready to feel like, oh, I'm safer. Right. Because, Mm. you know, here's this is this is people. Right. This is family. Right. Um, And I was not I wasn't. Right. And, you know, and I don't know how much of that was just whatever personal, whatever stuff he was dealing with, but it made him very ineffective in our actual advising, advisee relationship. And that was really, really disappointing to me because, you know, it it gave me another one of those hard learned lessons that was really valuable that, you know, you can't always rely on everybody in the community to share your perspectives and share your goals. Um, Cause I remember he was like, you know, I think I really want to do a panel on this. He, I mean, he told Mm -hmm. me, he told me, let's do it at my masters. Yeah. Listen, um, I come on there and talk. Skin folk ain't kin folk. Skin folk ain't kin folk. You already know. All skin folk ain't kin folk. All skin folk ain't kin folk. And so he literally told me, he told me that, he doesn't. He didn't think I would be able to make it, and he was like, you know, I think you should go and find uh like a some like community college program or something, and get no, your ma'am. skill set up, and then maybe no, reapply ma'am. to another school. Yeah, yeah. What you won't do is mm-mm. listen. Um, and he told me I he think, he thought I should drop out of Northwestern. <laughs> he thought I should leave Northwestern, and he thought I should go to another school. And become more technically proficient and then go and apply to a less rigorous PhD program. Yeah. And this is why it's important to know who you are. Yes. Right. You had that HBCU experience to be like, look, you ain't about to tell me who I am. Had I not been at Spelman, Mm -hmm. I think that would have broke me, broke me. Right. And I would have, I would have never finished Mm -hmm. that program. I would have never finished that program, but I had already been sewn into um, too well. I had already been sewn into too well. I was just like, nah. I'm like, you just don't understand because like, we're so not communicating well. Right. So, yeah, we're so not communicating crazy. well, right? You just don't understand, right? I was just like, nah, I'm here. Like, I got in here. I'm staying here. <laughs> right. I'm going to get this degree, right? right. Um, it may not Focus happen on how... your tenure, sir. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> and again, like I said... Okay. I was, and I so... Was, I was gone. And so he was gone. <laughs> she left. So so he and then, so, yeah. But um yeah. Started working nah. with someone new. So well yeah, and so that was even some drama, right? Because it turns out that um the previous advisor went and basically sullied my name with the person that I was getting ready to try and get on their they team. Yeah. Yeah. And so Raggedy. Um, I spent a year as I spent a year where I was not enrolled in any courses 
And so I ended up um, working for the grad school for the diversity office. I ended up working for the grad school. So they was basically like, you know, we got you. Like, you know, we gonna put you to work doing websites and doing Microsoft Access databases and whatever. And, you know, until you figure it out, right? Um, And shout out to IBM. Listen, Mm -hmm. IBM, Terry, Terry at IBM Almaden. That's my homie. Terry Terry from IBM Almaden. Terry's the best. I saw him at Tap. I saw him at a Tapia. I saw him at a Tapia, and I had I had just um I it was the first semester, first quarter that I wasn't enrolled in anything. I wasn't enrolled, and so I was I hadn't left the university, but I was like I don't have any funding because I don't have an advisor. And this other prof- professor was like, well, you know, I don't just let anybody in my lab, right? You are gonna have to basically kind of you know do these series of things or whatever, and then I'll consider you know um you know inviting you to my lab or whatever. And so um, Terry was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> so I was like, so here's the deal, right? And he was just like, nah, you're not leaving Northwestern. He was like, we're going to figure something out. And so then um, I saw him at Tapia and he was like, I need you to fill out this application. And I was like, what application? He was like, I need you to fill out this gym fellowship application. And I was like, yes. gender PhD? He was like, yes, gym does PhD. He was like, fill this out. IBM is going to be your corporate sponsor and we're going to get this done. Yes. Shout out to, listen, mm-hmm. I've had so many people yes. come into my life that have really, they're the reason why I've been able to be where I need to be, right? Um, and, and again, that's that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you, if you if you move in a way that honors kind of what you're trying to do, then you'll, you'll know where you want to be. It may not always be good. It may hurt some, but it's you know it, I ended up where I am so yeah so Terry was like he got me he got me a gym fellowship and um and that's how I ended up back in school that's how I ended up back in school um, wow and it turned out that so um, they hired you because they were like oh she's free now so we can take her <laughs> right <laughs> right well you know I don't I don't know how how um I don't know how glad they are about that right because I didn't end up going to going to work for IBM right. So. <laughs> You know, usually that's well, what no, the, point the advisor. Is, right? advisor. No, the the advisor oh, being like, they oh, didn't. I don't have to pay for this. They student. didn't. Yeah, they so. didn't hire me. I didn't make. I didn't get in the lab. So, well, let me. T- that's some. That's some fun drama as well, right? So I told you, right? The previous advisor <laughs> yeah, I had, they playing. The previous advisor I had went and, <sighs> unbeknownst to me, had went and badmouthed me to this professor. So I'm working hard trying to do all these things, right? But again, I'm not a student mm-hmm. at this time, right? I'm an employee at a university at this point, right? Um, doing things to try and, you know, work with his students on their research. And it ended up coming to a head because there was miscommunication. And so through this miscommunication, I that's how I found out that my previous advisor had, you know, really um, tried to, to spoil mm-hmm. this opportunity. And so this professor, to their credit, was like, I am so sorry, right? Like, I've been dealing with you wow. under these pretenses and so you know he was like i'm sorry and so we had a decent relationship moving forward but one of the other professors in the department um you know i he was um the advisor to a friend of mine yolanda rankin shout out yolanda rankin um i was gonna ask if y'all cross paths oh yeah no yolanda um she came in after i did that's my buddy i love i love yolanda that's my buddy um, but yeah, so her advisor, um, you know, he was, a, he was a pretty, you know, cool dude. And so he was just like, what's going on with you? Right. And so I was talking to him about the situation and he was just like, 
you should come join my lab. He was like, you should just come join my lab. I was just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, and so um, yeah, sometimes through, it's just that much. Yeah. And so through his lab is where I picked up the information visualization part. So um, because he was a graphics mm-hmm. professor or whatever. Right. So I did not end up. So even though the other professor, once we kind of, you know, we can't, we under, we kind of, you know, resolved whatever the issues were, we were working well together, but the transition with the actual advisor that I had, it felt like a better fit because um, we had a good, really good working style and, you know, we communicated really well. And so, you know, he was really just like, I mean, you know, I hate to see you go. The other professor was like, I really hate to see you go. If you change your mind, let me know. You're welcome to the lab okay. and da 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 I'm not so, bad anymore. Yeah. I was so, mad. No, I'm yeah. not mad anymore. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So I had, I it had three. Oh, I so had, he wasn't trying to get me in the first place. So you, said I had two in the possible. Okay. I no, he, no, he was. He was really like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> he was like, "Are you sure?" You know, like, you know, I hope this it's doesn't like, have anything to, work to do with your lab. the previous issues. And I was like, "No, it really doesn't." I was like, "The work that yes. I'm really trying to do is is transitioning <laughs> in this way." And I do feel like this other professor, and that was the case. Really, I did really feel like the other professor yeah. would have been a better match to the kind of work I wanted to do. Um, he was already kind of you very, very much nice. interdisciplinary. <laughs> you know, I try and I've learned over the years, you mm-hmm. gotta take people where they are, right? Um, and hurt mm-hmm. people hurt people, which is another thing I've learned from my psychologist That's husband. True. Hurt people hurt people. Um <laughs> humans gone human. Um and right. you know <laughs> you can perspective don't doesn't require, you know, acceptance. Right. It was a perspective doesn't require yeah. acceptance. You can understand the perspective and, and how someone got to the decision making without being supportive of their decision making. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. So, when you but, said humans got a human, I said computers got a human, too, because that was where my brain yeah. was. Yes. <laughs> about all of this. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So I need to go take a break, I feel like, from these conversations yeah. about computer science, because the, the computers are going to human, too. Oh, yes, the computers are humaning well. so much. I, don't wanna... I mean, and in all the problematic ways that the humans human. And I'm like, can we stop that, though? That's what oh, I'm yes. saying. That's what I'm saying. Because humans make the computers. So why yes, are we surprised that the they're exhibiting human features? Exactly. Mm, right. Okay, Deidre, we are going to cut this one short because I think we're going to have enough content for two episodes. What do you think, Kyla? <laughs> I absolutely think that we have enough content for two episodes. <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, we really appreciate you sharing what you've shared so far, but um, I'm really looking forward to letting the listeners hear what else you have to say about, you know, how you kind of transitioned out of academia and into industry on the next one. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.